Peace and blessings, family. I want to welcome y'all to episode five of Speak Your Peace, presented by I'm Youth and Mike. I'm your humble host, Truth, a.k.a. Truth Speaks Volumes. And here on this platform, you already know how we do. We invite creators of all types to come, share their thoughts, speak their peace, and most importantly, talk their shit. Self-expression is one of the purest forms of self-love, so let's spread the love today. So anytime, like, I get to sit down and do a podcast, it's like, it's a big deal mm-hmm. for me. Like, it's it's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's like the first time. That's not cliche, but like <laughs> we don't do them often. Right. It's not like it drop once a month, every Friday, twice mm-hmm. a month. It kind of just come out whenever it come out. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was like a little unsure about that, just because people's attention span. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I kind of like the organic feel of things. I like, you know, when when it happens because I'm not gonna say I'm picky, but I'm mindful. Mm-hmm. of who I like to share the mic with, who I want to bring on and talk to the audience because I want them to have something to say. Right. So I don't want this film just for the sake of filming. I want somebody to come and, you know, have some something beneficial for the listeners, mm-hmm. right? So uh, this next guest, I feel like he, he fits the mold. I think that he's going to come and bless us today with some gems. Uh, he say he's shy. I don't believe that at all. And I'm entitled to my opinion. <laughs> I, I don't I don't believe it. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. But um he is what I would like to refer to as as a renaissance man. Yeah. You you would agree with that? I would definitely agree. Cool. I'm glad. Yeah. Simply because he do a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can cuss on here. Yeah, you I'm say good. whatever you want. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I am a sailor. You do a lot of <laughs> shit. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm gonna run down what I have here, right? Okay. Poet, <laughs> actor, mm-hmm. published author, mm-hmm. photographer, mm-hmm. recent winner of DMV Renaissance Awards, yeah. right? And yeah. that is probably a whole lot of other things I missed that we're going to definitely touch on. Mm-hmm. But even that right there is a whole lot of lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of lot. Mm-hmm. And you're considered an OG in the DMV creative scene, right? We right. will get to that too. I'm only 21. <laughs> like, what? Hey, you know you as young as you feel. Yeah, how bad. You know, but without further delay, I want to welcome Sir Harvey Fitz to the show. Thank you for coming out. We're going to clap it up now. <laughs> Studio you. audience. Right. <laughs> Come on. Come I like on. that. Thank you. Nah, for real. And we talked that. about this a couple times in yeah. passing. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm glad that we finally getting to sit down mm-hmm. and chop it up. Uh, you one of the people that I definitely wanted to talk to. I think the first time I saw you was like the beginning of the year. And I don't know why like the beginning of the year seems so far away, like two years it ago, does. but it was at Bus Boys Highsville. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it happened to be, I think it was the same night I saw T-Lo for the first time. Wow. Right? So that was a good night at Open Mic. You hear me? I'm like, night. y'all might have been like back to back. I don't know. But um, you got up there, killed it, straight haikus. Mm-hmm. And it was, mm-hmm. I think the first one you led with was like, I'm, I'm probably gonna mess it up, but it was like he he likes to cuddle with your bonnet, <laughs> but your bonnet smell like death. Oh, yeah. Is that is that it? He actually likes to cuddle, but your lace front. Your lace like... front. Your lace. See what I'm saying? And I was like, who is this man up here, just saying stuff? Yeah. Just saying stuff. But then you did a few more, and I was like, damn, like he he's really good. Thank you. At haikus, and people might think haiku is easy. Because it's, they are not. They are not. They are not. They are um, not. Haiku for me, uh, they are very um, cathartic and therapeutic. Mm. Um, clinically as well, I 
uh, for a long time um, in my early childhood, um, I suffered from a form of dyslexia called dyscalculia. Okay. If I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, basically, it's um, what dyslexia is for people with words on paper. That's how it is for me with numbers. It's mm. kind of, I don't know, you remember that show Ghost Rider where the words were literally like lift mm-hmm. off of it? That's what numbers do for me. And so, you know, being a young black and or brown child mm-hmm. growing up in the 90s, we weren't always privy to, um, how do I put this, um, certain forms of help mm-hmm. that maybe Resources. we should have mm-hmm. access to, or maybe that uh, we are were willing to accept back then. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Therapy, you know, uh, certain types of um, extensive tutoring or whatever. Right, right. Um, not necessarily a big thing in black households back then. Mm-hmm. And so I went undiagnosed for so long, all the way up until, like, I got into damn near adulthood. Um, really? And then it was suggested um, as a helpful tool to help me focus on, like, numeration and order and things of that nature. Get into haiku. Because, mm. like, the structure, you know, the, the, the yeah, 575, yeah. Uh-huh. it'll help you with the rhythm and... And it helped. I wish I had it. Like, as a kid, I really do. Because, like, certain tools like that would have, um, I wouldn't have struggled, I don't believe, as hard as I did in college. I was a wow. special ed. A lot of people don't know that. Nah, I would. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's common. I mean. Yeah. Unfortunately. It's, it's common. It, it is common. Is. But it I would have never. But I owe a lot to Haiku, man. I owe a lot. Yeah. I called them my pre-Twitter era tweets. Okay. Because it's like, you know, you have that. You have you have a lot that you can say, but within the confounds of mm-hmm. that five seven five. So do you feel like, and we just look? I had my little question, but I'm gonna go right uh-huh. to this. Do you feel like like you kind of just think in haiku now? Is it is it like a natural <laughs> thing? Sometimes, yeah. Um, or somebody else will tell me like what you just said was haiku. I'm like, was it? Am I going to see? Oh, I guess it was. See. Or sometimes I'll be in conversation with people and they'll say something like, really witty or insightful. And then I, re- like, real quick, I'll th- that was a haiku. Or you <laughs> drop one word out of that, that's a haiku. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. It becomes knee-jerk. Because, I mean, I spent seven years with this book before mm-hmm. it actually got published. Okay. Yeah. So, and that was, so it came out officially with 2021. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and, but that's, so seven years. Seven years. So, yeah, we, we won't give, stay right here then. Mm-hmm. So, what was the process like for you creating this book? Why did it take so long? Uh-huh. And why do you feel like it was finished when it was finished? Um, it took so long mainly because I, like a lot of creatives, was caught up in my own negative headspace. Um, uh, even in areas outside of being a creative, I was very insecure. Very, very insecure. I just never felt like... I knew I had a voice, but I didn't feel like anybody would care to hear whatever I had to say. Mm. And so, um, again, go all roads lead back to therapy. Because I'm a huge proponent and, and supporter of therapy. Um, through therapy, uh, I got to get a front row seat to what could be my life. 
if I allowed all of the good things that I deserve mm -hmm. to happen to me. And so with all of that being said, um, throughout that seven-year journey, it was a lot of stop and go. It was a lot of uh, microbursts of inspiration followed by a wave of doubt and, you know, insecurities that mm, nobody really wants to mm -hmm. hear this or it's a book of haiku. Like, in, in, the, in the, the, the funny thing is all of the research that I did um, into writing this book um, pretty much suggested that I not expect too much quote-unquote success from this book, mm. mainly because it's uh, very genre-specific. I'm a black male of color mm -hmm. writing a very genre-specific book that mm -hmm. traditionally has nothing to do with, you know, my demographic. So right. don't expect too much. Um, flash forward to me actually getting the hell out of my own way and taking that leap of faith and building the parachute all the way down, I showed 200 copies in the mm -hmm. first hour that I released it. Very successful. Like, <laughs> and Very just, successful. And, and, and I must also say this with the utmost respect to any and everyone's experience throughout uh, the zombie apocalypse that was mm -hmm. the pandemic because mm -hmm. I understand that, you know, thousands of lives were lost and, and, and changed yeah. for the worst for me it was my experience throughout this pandemic um uh it was one of the and I'm trying to say this by being sensitive um really great things happened for me mm -hmm. as a result of this pandemic mm -hmm. um I ended up uh getting laid off of my job um cuz I was uh, was the events coordinator and was no in DC and you know by mandate we can't have events so it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense fiscally to have an events coordinator still on your salary and so I was actually using that job as a, as an excuse and a crutch you know I can't do x y and z cuz I have to be have here to work. doing this mm -hmm. I got to work and so when the pandemic hit it was like hey now you you're sitting at home in the confounds of your four walls so now you have no excuses mhm mm mhm mm so that happened. That happened for you, and not to you, really. Yeah, mm -hmm. it happened for. That's really good. Yeah, it you turn it into me. a haiku and just <laughs> like true <laughs> said. Really it happened for me. <laughs> for it real? really happened for me because I was like in a panic. I had you know just gotten a mortgage. Mm -hmm. You know, I <laughs> was like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> mm -hmm. But thankfully, you know, God provided throughout nice. that entire pandemic, and literally everything that I needed, I never lacked. Respect. That's 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 love, and that's yeah. beautiful. That's a beautiful story, man. Like, cause I I feel like, even like myself, I always say I want to put out a book, mm -hmm. poetry book, mm -hmm. short story book, anything. And I and I for years and still mm -hmm. haven't haven't done it yet. So I want to congratulate you first of all on finishing. Thank you. Being successful Thank with you. it, staying the course, even though you know you veered off a little bit, mm -hmm. you came back on it because there's there's a lot of us that still have yet to do it. And so, you know, it's it's very inspirational, man. And it's a dope, it's a dope book. Thank you. It's a dope book. Thank you. Shouts out to uh Poet Laureate, uh Kanikija Carter. Mm -hmm. Um, her great publishing company is who okay. I published through. And the the wonderful thing with that is literally the day that I decided, okay, 
I'm going to actively get out of my own way. And I'm going to do this. I was in Pentagon City Mall, and on that that was that it was a Monday, because um, she normally hosts uh, Bus Boys and Poets in Sherlington. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? She's gonna be the first person I'm gonna tell because she was one of the main people that have been in my corner since the beginning, like pushing me, challenging me, you know, chastising me. Mm-hmm. You know, your destiny is waiting yeah, yeah. on you. And I said, she's going to be the first person. I'm going to go to the open mic. And so I pulled my phone out to see uh, uh, what time it was. And lo and behold, she was actually featuring at uh, Spit That at Woolly Mammoth mm-hmm. that night. So I said, even be- even better because <laughs> two birds, one stone. Yeah, so yeah. I went, saw her, came to her after it was all over. And I said, guess what? I'm finally going to do it. Mm-hmm. I am going to publish this book, she smiled, reached down into her purse and pulled out her business card and said, I've been waiting on you. Wow. I'm going to publish your book. Wow. Email your manuscript to my assistant and the record. And now look. And, and now, now we look. sitting here looking at it. And now we my sitting here My signed copy, by at- the way. It's my signed <laughs> copy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's worth, worth something. You hear me? Yeah. So, okay, so... Let's still let's still talk about the book. Mm-hmm. So it's a book of haiku. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it briefly, but just for those who don't know what mm-hmm. a haiku is or they mm-hmm. heard of it but they really don't know, uh, tell us what it is, and mm-hmm. then can you give us an example? So okay, so traditionally um, haiku they are Japanese short poems, so short that they they are only three lines long, and seventeen syllables total. The first line is a. Uh, five syllables, the second line is seven syllables, and then the third line is five syllables. Again, the traditional haiku is about, like, birds and, and trees and flowers seasons. and seasons and, you know, stuff like that. And um, through the years, uh, loosely translations and stuff like that, um, they become about other things. And so mm-hmm. those type of haiku are called shinryu haiku. Okay. Um, still a haiku is just a little bit. The best Not way right I topic. can describe my haiku is that they have a little bit of mumbo sauce on them. And we love that. And we love that. And so I um, would write them to help me like get through my day, get through life. Mm-hmm. Because they were so short, I considered them my pre-Twitter error tweets. Um, my little euphemisms, my... my um, my mantras that I speak over myself, uh, kind of like uh, being Mary Jane would do with those yellow mm-hmm. sticky notes all over. That was literally my room, but with a bunch of haiku okay. just written all over the place. And um, going back to me being an educator at heart, um, I felt like my first offering to the literary world, I wanted it to be as simplistic as possible. Okay. Um, but as appealing as possible to get people who otherwise wouldn't read a book. Right. You know. A poetry book. A poetry book, let alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 thankfully, that's what's been happening. So many people have come to me and said, this is the first book I've ever bought. It was the lace front one that got them. That- I, it was, <laughs> when they heard that, they were like, give me my copy, bro. I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. So, the book is broken down. It's, so it's in four chapters. Yes. Uh, live, laugh, love, repeat. Okay. Yeah. And so I love laugh. It's, laugh makes me giggle. <laughs> I, I, I giggle a little bit when I, when I mm-hmm. listen to that, when I read that. Mm-hmm. But I think my, my favorite chapter is live. Okay. I love that one. Like mm-hmm. And uh, especially uh, listening to it. 
It's because wow. I I don't. It's just it's just affirming. It's motivating. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just I, it's good energy all around it. But like, what's your go to chapter if you had to say? Um. So Does my it? my go to chapter is actually repeat. Okay. Um. Repeat mainly because it's repeat is a culmination of live, laugh, and love. And so repeat are majority of the ones that I like get up and say okay. to myself like throughout the day in my head like that I meditate on. Yeah. Okay. Definitely would be repeat. All right, yeah. well, you know, I'm going to ask you to do a little work today. Yeah. You already, he already worked when he got here, y'all. Look, the camera wasn't acting right. <laughs> and he that was over there working because he hilarious. is a photographer. And I know when to sit down and just, you know, let people do things. So, but mm-hmm. I'm going to have you work a little bit more. Okay. So, um, if you can, mm-hmm. give us one haiku from each chapter. Cool. Um, and he know I'm off the top. The, that man, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't even throw this man off. That is hilarious. <laughs> okay. Um, so favorite ones from Live would be Hmm. Um given the climate that we're in, um we built this nation and carry it on our backs, get off of our necks. Mm. Um, Deep. Yeah. Uh, Deep. From Live. There's so many in that it's one. so <laughs> many. Um, live, like, I know, uh, let me see, hold on, because I pulled some of my favorite ones. Okay, yeah. Um, from Live, Haiku, your rock bottom will give you the lessons to teach from your mountain top. I like that one too. Yeah. Uh, um. Oh, this one. Um, haiku, worry about your sins because God's not gonna ask you about mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one directly ties to um, one of my very intentional mantras in life, which is love and let live. Okay. Specifically, love and let live. Not live and let love, but love, and love let. and let live. Okay. Because when you lead with love, it's easier for you to mind your own goddamn business. When you lead with love, <laughs> yeah. it's easier for you not to sit in the seat of judgment Facts. because of someone else's lifestyle mm-hmm. or their choices or, you know, their decisions that they make in life that you may not necessarily make for yourself. Right. But again, it's none of your business. None of your business. But if you love, you can more easily let the person live their life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if everybody did that, the world would be a much I agree. better place. I'm I just agree. saying. Um, uh, <laughs> um, there are answers and explanations and nothing. Learn who should get what. Facts. That's some facts right there. That's like a subsidiary of, of Love and Let Live mm-hmm. because it's like, once you properly categorize the people in your life in terms of the level of their importance and rele- uh, relevance, mm-hmm. um, it becomes easier for you to navigate in your own truth. Facts. And limit the access. And them and, 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 and how much access mm-hmm. that they should get for you. Um, like my grandmother used to say, you 
Some people you have to love with a long handle spoon. You know? You stay over there. You stay over there. <laughs> I, I love mean, you, and that but... doesn't mean I don't necessarily love you or I love you any less than mm-hmm. I love this other person, but for my benefit. I love me. I love me I love so me. much that I know that if I cut this access off to you, mm-hmm. my life is 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 much more healthier. And that's not selfish. It's 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 not selfish. It's not selfish, but we taught it's that it's selfish. That's fact. We are taught that. We are mm-hmm. often taught, especially within the mm-hmm. the family unit. We're taught that you know, blood is thicker than water, but that that goes into uh, uh, one of my favorite ones from Repeat. Uh, blood is thicker than water, but even blood may need to be transfused. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, oftentimes we get caught up in these toxic situations with people that we may be related to, mm-hmm. and you know, especially in 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 our community, it's. Yeah. Very much so, but that's still your cousin. Mm-hmm. But that's still, that's still your daddy. That's, that's still, still your daddy. Mm-hmm. That's still your mama. What they got to do with anything? Because listen, <laughs> let me tell you something about that stillness. Mm-hmm. That stillness, if it's toxic, mm-hmm. becomes stagnant, and it can't nothing grow there. Nothing can grow, can't there. grow there. Nothing can grow there. Ooh, so you see, I know you. you therapy. <laughs> he didn't bought therapy I mean, to I'm the damn saying. show. I'm just saying, and it doesn't <laughs> have fine. to be. It doesn't have to be. Um, a dramatic exodus. It doesn't have to be, you know, disrespectful. Right, it can be very right. much. I'm going to step away. Mm-hmm. Love is still there, right? But for my well-being, for my peace of mind, you know, you don't get that access to me, especially if, in terms of offending actions or words. One thing I've always said: you can apologize for the cause. What you can never apologize for is the mindset, especially if that mindset is current that fueled mm-hmm. those actions or those words. Mm-hmm. So because I understand that you are apologetic for what you have maybe said or done, when and if that is coupled with the unchanged mindset and heart that those actions and words stem from, yeah, I'm going to need to leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Respectfully. 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 Can't step away. You know, it's always respectful. You know, it's always respectful. Yeah, yeah. And, and we, and we all is. we all gotta learn that as we go along. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a lot of tough lessons, but necessary right. lessons. Right. So you know, um, so tell people because y'all just heard some of them them fire haikus. Mm-hmm. They they fire. So tell people where they can buy the book and where can they listen to it because it's also an yes. audio version. Um, so you can uh, it's available. The book is available on Amazon.com. Uh, if you type in uh, to Haiku Make Concern or even type in to Harvey Fitz, the book will come up. Uh, that's the quickest way you'll be able to get it, especially okay. those of you who have Amazon Prime. Um, if you would like an autographed copy, you can go on my website, www.SirHarveyFitz.com, and then place the order outside and then ship it to yeah, you. Yeah, like me. Right, I got, I got mine. Right, and then the audio, <laughs> the audio book that's literally available everywhere that you can stream your music from Apple to Spotify to Title to YouTube Music. Um, you can even add it to your social media posts. It's on the TikTok. It's on the Instagram. It's it's wherever you get your music or place your music. Okay, so y'all heard the man. So let me go back to. 
your name that you just said it a couple mm-hmm. times. So, Sir Harvey Fitz. Mm-hmm. Sound like some royal shit. <laughs> like, sir, sir. You know what that I'm saying? Is but, but is that your, that's your artist name? I have been putting sir on... I've been attaching sir to my name since I was in the sixth grade. Really? Yes. So, is this your, this is your whole... Harvey Fitz. Mm-hmm. That's your real name. That's not my real name. Oh, um, okay. It's not. It was not the name that's on my birth certificate. It is not. Okay. Uh, so how did we come here? <laughs> we got here. Because uh, <laughs> the email was something different. I'm like, wait a minute. Right. 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 <laughs> and so um, I'm actually going to legally change it over because. Okay, it's like, fine though. Yeah. Thank you. I'm gonna legally change it over, and and that's another thing I'm gonna touch on, like uh, the business side mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. Of, of artistry, but um, the how do we get to Harvey? We got to Harvey because um, growing up, uh, especially on my father's side of the family, um, alcoholism was something that predominantly the men struggled with, and mm-hmm. I found even myself experimenting at a very early age. Like I often jokingly tell people, I was like the the, the black male Drew Barrymore. When it came mm. <laughs> to like the liquor, um, cause you know how you would have family events or whatever, and then the kids would go off and sneak and drink. They little, you know, uh-huh. um, that became a thing, and then it it kind of stuck. I'm like 12, 13 years old, knowing how to make a Manhattan. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's just like wow, this is wild, and um, it got to the point where I would drink alone, and then it got to the point where I wouldn't chase my liquor. Mm-hmm. I'm like drinking Bacardi Limon straight out the bottle. So how how old are we now? Still like a teenager. Teenager, okay. Yeah, and so um, as I got older, um, it became more prevalent, and a lot of the men on my father's side they would um, succumb to the alcoholism, or years later it would be other issues that mm-hmm. may not have been so if the drinking wasn't a thing. Right. And um, thankfully, I remember my grandfather, um, he kicked the habit completely, thank God. Um, And then, but it seemed like when he kicked the habit, my dad got worse with it. Mm. And around this time, I was graduating and going to college. And I took like a real huge step back to look at the bigger picture. Okay, I'm already drinking like this now, and I'm a teenager, and I'm about to go to college. Uh, This might not be conducive for Mm -hmm. my future, especially seeing what it has done specifically to the men in the family. So I I adopted the, the, I guess, stage name Harvey Wallbanger. Because it was, it's an alcoholic drink. It's it's orange juice, vodka, and Galliano. But okay. also, every time I would hear it, it would be a constant reminder mm. what to stay away from. Right. What not to. Like, to stay focused while I'm here in school. And it worked. I, That's deep. I didn't mess with the stuff at all. And um, after I graduated, I came back here, um, jumped into, you know, the artistic world and was acting and doing plays and stuff. Um, and I just dropped the wall banger part off and just went by Harvey. And I remember I was uh, in this one production and the director was putting together our bios and stuff. And she was like, I need everybody's bio. So I just submitted mine and just had Harvey on it. And um, she responded. She was like, I, I need a last name. 
Like, why can't I go buy Harvey's? She's like, right. no, he's not not going for just buy. I'm like, we have Cher, we have Beyonce, you know no, what I'm facts, saying? Facts. We got Luther, Madonna. like all these people go by one name. She's like, yeah. you're not any of them. I need a last name. Okay. And I'm like, bruh, <laughs> just Harvey Fitz though. And then the light bulb went ah. off. It was like, all right, call me Harvey Fitz, but with a Z. Cause it's zesty. Boy, you are you all the what? Yeah, literally. That's crazy. Literally how Harvey Fish came about. That's dope. Yeah, thank you. That is dope. Thank and I, you. Damn. And I've been Harvey Fitz ever since. Bro. Ever since then. Yep. Okay. Ever since. So you mentioned uh acting. Uh-huh. So what what is it about acting that that you love? Was that something, was that the first thing you got into creatively? No, creatively, the first thing I got into was writing. Okay. Um, because I was an expert escapist mm. from my reality. Mm-hmm. I, I I always knew from an early age that if I could if I could write it like that 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 verse in uh, Habakkuk where it says, "Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, so that when men read it, after many days it'll come to pass." I believed that from early childhood. So I would always write alternate realities for myself. Mm. Shouts out to my fourth grade teacher, uh, Miss Regina Moore. Hey, Miss um, Moore. Yeah. And uh, William Ramsey Elementary School because she saw that mm-hmm. in me and encouraged that from an early age. And then it went from writing into acting because that was um, that was a very comfortable mask I could wear. Because okay. I was so uncomfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. So I could be other people. I could be anybody I want, which is why I genuinely say I'm, I'm very shy in real life. Uh-huh. I'm absolutely an ambivert. <laughs> very shy. But on stage, it doesn't seem like that because it's not me. Right. That's a character. It's the character. That's a whole other person. Okay. Yeah. So that's what, what kind of, that's the love for it. It's like yes. I can, I can. Be these other people I can express mm-hmm. myself through these characters and things like that. Yep. Okay. Do you have a favorite actor? Yes. So. <laughs> oh, Lord. What the? <laughs> no, it's funny because, okay, um, Chris Rock did this bit years ago where he, he made this, this statement saying, we're growing up in a time now where kids are calling their grandmama mama and their mama Pam. That's kind of how I was. Uh, was predominantly raised early on by my grandparents, okay. that mm-hmm. older generation. Mm-hmm. And so um, they were very heavily into the Motown era, into jazz, into my grandfather loved black and white. Okay. And so he introduced me to Turner Classic Movies and, 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 and um, the American Movie Channel. And um, one of the first uh, films he ever showed me was To Catch a Thief. I it's so good. I'm gonna watch it's, it. Now. It's starring Cary Grant. It's just, it's, it's really dope. And when I saw Cary Grant on the screen, I was like, "Wow, this dude, this white dude got swag." Okay, Cary this Grant. This white dude up. got sca- uh, swag. <laughs> it's uh, Cary Grant and Grace Kelly. Um, and from then on, uh, after that, I watched the Philadelphia Story. With Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn. Again, this brother got swag, man. Okay, He's really, okay. really dope. And so when I saw him, you know, all swagged out in his suits, you know, just, you know, like finessing <laughs> everybody, I was like, bro, I want to do this. Okay. I want to be a part of this. I really want to be a part of this. And then years later, I saw Courtney B. Vance 
in the uh, the movie with Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Higher Learning. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I got representation. Okay. I said, wow, there's a brother that's darker complected mm-hmm. that looks like me, and he's playing an asshole. You mean I could piss people off <laughs> and make them feel all of these emotions? <laughs> On the screen, mm-hmm. I know I could do this. Mm-hmm. So that's for me. Yeah. So Cary Grant's my favorite white actor. Courtney B. Vance, hands down, my favorite, favorite black actor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you already said what, that's your favorite movie, though, was the first. Is that your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Antoine Fisher. That was a good-ass movie. Yeah. Favorite movie was An- is Antoine Fisher. And you know, Denzel? It's a lot of good monologues in that. A lot of good monologues in that. Yeah, it's yeah. that 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 is one of the good ones. That you know, I don't think I got a favorite no more. Really? I don't. I don't really know because you know how like back in the day you would watch a movie like over mm-hmm. and over and mm-hmm. over and over. Like lately, I don't feel like nothing has made me want to watch it mm-hmm. over and over. And over. I don't know if it's just because time. I'm an adult now. I don't have like I can't, <laughs> no, that's can't a just really sit real and thing. like watch stuff over and over. But that's a really real thing. But Denzel was my favorite actor. Really? Yeah, I, I thought. Wow. You know, the preacher's wife was always on repeat. <laughs> it had to be the preacher's wife when I, I was a kid. My grand aunt took me to see that <laughs> for Christmas one year. It was his best, but it was a good movie. I love yeah. that movie. Yeah. But okay, so you mentioned like when you be on stage, mm-hmm. you embody these other characters. And one mm-hmm. thing like Denzel, he said is that when he's preparing for a role, mm-hmm. he'll go like live as the person for like three Very months. Very much the same with me. I am a method actor. For real. For real. Like, you live, like, you are them, mm-hmm. you behave as them, mm-hmm. and even when the cameras ain't on, it's like, right, on. so that, so I would think that, you know, memorizing lines, mm-hmm. embodying mannerisms and everything mm-hmm. like that, that that would be helpful when it comes to reciting, like, poetry on stage, but would you say, which is more difficult, acting in a play or reciting your own work on stage at open mic? For me personally, it honestly would have to be reciting the poetry because contrary to popular belief, 90% of my poetry is non-autobiographical. It's Mm. inspired by someone else because I'm an empath. Mm -hmm. And so I draw inspiration for my poetry um, from everyday conversations like this. Like I'll probably go home tonight and write something inspired by our conversation, our interaction. And um, again, that all goes back to the 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 security blanket that being on stage provided for me because mm-hmm. um, even in my poetry, this technically isn't me. This is someone else's story that I am giving you all in the form of spoken word. And so it's easy for me to jump into those characters. That's why um, oftentimes I'll I'll recite one poem this way in this type of cadence, but then I'll do a whole other poem in a completely different pitch, Mm. a completely different cadence, because these poems, they're like my children, but they have their own personality because they're based upon someone else or something else. Yeah. You are so interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. For real. Thank you. you The way you think. Thank you. And uh, it's, it's different, but I like it. Thank you. I like I've you. Been told that my whole life. For real, man. But it's you know I like that. Look, I I yeah. love good conversation. It's interesting. It's, you are very interesting. So let's talk about the DMV Renaissance Awards. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So 
Uh, it recently happened. Um, mm -hmm. I had the privilege of being there as well, mm -hmm. around some dope individuals. It, yeah. it was a great night. Um, yeah. Shout out to Rider Love, Crystal Land, Creator yeah. Susan for putting together. It, it was beautiful. It was necessary. And um, I loved it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if you if you noticed, but you were like the most nominated person. I was. <laughs> at the, at the nominated awards, person. six categories. That is wild. Six, I'm gonna tell them. That, now you got them. Wow. I got them listed right here. Now you have Look, come on, the prepared. List. <laughs> <laughs> we got you best list. male poet, mm -hmm. male poetry OG, mm -hmm. most entertaining poet, mm -hmm. haikuist of the year, wow. best photographer, mm -hmm. and DMV's favorite author, which you took home to win for that. I did. Um, and honestly. That was the one I wanted the most. Mm -hmm. That was really the one I wanted the most. Um, and I must preface it by saying I don't do any of this for award or accolade, you know. But it is. It feels very nice. I mean, it feels it feels very good to have your peers, you know, say thank you or to express appreciation to you in some way. Mm -hmm. And so. For many reasons, this award will mean the most to me than any probably any other award that I will ever get in the future. Wow! Because I I, I don't I don't do it for you know mm -hmm. award or accolade, but to think enough of me, right? You know, to say you know here, yeah, you won, you but, won it meant, this, but you, you was know? nominated for six. How how do you feel being nominated for six other? Uh, Categories. Again, it feels good to be acknowledged. It really yeah. does because oftentimes as a creative, especially as a creative who provides a uh, platform and opportunity for other people, mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, it, you get tired, you know? Sometimes you get burnt out. Sometimes you get frustrated, especially if, you know, if and when um, you don't feel like you're being heard or received. Right. And so to get those nominations, it was it was like, wow, okay. They see me. They see me, mm -hmm. you know. My work is not in vain in, in, in the aspect of it's being uh it's being appreciated in that the seeds that I'm I'm trying to to, to, to spread, you know. Are growing. It's just like okay, cool. Yeah, and congratulations, cool. man. Thank congratulations, you. well deserved. Seven years in the making. Mm -hmm. It's here and it's winning awards. So you know, yeah. fuck that research. That research you did right. that says you wouldn't be right. successful like, because real. we can clearly see yeah. that they were wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I also wanted to tell you, like you, you like a walking brand. Like yes. you're like you wear your shirts. Yes. You carry your Books in a bag. Yes. Everywhere you go. Everywhere. You at all the open mics, book mm -hmm. signings, like mm -hmm. every, everywhere you can. You just you just was at uh, Howard University. You did the, you hosted the screening. Yeah, that was. For uh, Wakanda, Wakanda Forever. God, that was so fun. That yeah, really how did fun. that happen? So uh, for like the past, I want to say five or six years, um, I have been a brand rep slash ambassador for um, various production companies like Disney, Sony, okay, people like that. A little light um, flex. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> and, light um, flex. <laughs> so, uh, be it according to my scheduling, um, 
I get a, a list of um, pre-screenings or advanced screenings. Okay. And it's like, um, are you available to facilitate and host these? For the most part, I am. So I do it, and it's fun. Um, it's most fun when it's a situation like that. Because it's, it's, it's Black Panther. It looked lit, Black too. Panther. I wanted to be there. It was so amazing. Um, we took over an entire movie theater in Georgetown. And um, the uh, Associate Dean of Fine Arts, um, uh, Ms. Saunders, she came and um, she spoke on, you know, Chadwick Bo- A. Bozeman's behalf because she was one of his professors mm. and gave, you know, some insight into him. And... It was just beautiful, like, like the students were very receptive to her, and everybody loved the movie. And then she actually, after that, because that was that was that was supposedly that was it for me. That was just that one event. But then she invited me to come to the campus the next day because it was basically like a day long celebration for Chadwick A. Bozeman. Okay. And um, yeah, I got to. As close as I am sitting to you right now, I I got to sit in front of the yeah. Dean Felicia uh-huh. Rashad. I seen it. Like I seen it, and I was like, like America's mom. Yeah. Like yeah. what? Yeah, I what? love her. <laughs> like she had the yeah. kids in there weeping because you know they did like the Q and A and yeah, like the the pearls of wisdom that what she was just spewing out is just like wow. A beautiful soul. Beautiful so beautiful, song. man. See, so beautiful. You, you and that wasn't even life. that wasn't even the first time I got to uh work with or around her. Um last year I got to serve as um as one of the production coordinators for the the Kennedy Center Honors. Um this was the unique one because we were, you know, in the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh they were trying to figure out, okay, how are we gonna navigate this? And so they decided to put it outdoors. At, okay. at, at the pavilion on the on the Kennedy Center grounds. And um, one of the honorees was Debbie Allen. And so they brought in mm-hmm. uh, Felicia Rashad to, you know, present her with the award. But she was also serving as the live event host. Okay. And so imagine you're being you're in in the in the in the in the backstage area, in the green room area of a bustling production, everybody screaming, yelling, talking, the cacophony is just on Max, <laughs> you have like Garth Brooks walking out, everybody's yelling, screaming, mm-hmm. Kelly Clarkson, Gladys Knight, that. everybody's then out of nowhere, the dressing room door opens and out steps Queen Felicia Rashad. I I kid you not, <laughs> a hush fell over the entire back room as mm-hmm. everybody is just staring in awe. And she is very calmly, very graciously walking down the hall. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Hi. Right. How are you? We lock eyes, and I felt like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can die now. (laughs) Happy man. Like, are you kidding me? That's it. That's it. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. And it meant the world to me because she was, she's one of the ones that I look to in terms of mirroring black excellence, mm-hmm. you know? That's deep, yeah. And to be able to get that real-time life mm-hmm. lesson, you know, it's just, I will cherish it. Forever, man. Forever. 
That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I ain't jealous. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I am. Whatever. Shoot. Let's, let's enroll at Howard. Shoot. Let's get another degree. Go to Howard. <laughs> Just for that, right? Just to sit outside her, uh, her office and bother her. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you mentioned um, the business side of things. So, like mm-hmm. I said, you like a walking brand. So, it seemed like you really got your business in order, right? Mm-hmm. So, what advice do you have for other artists that's trying to build their brand or mm-hmm. move more into the business side of things? Mm-hmm. It's a cliche term, but it's very applicable. Mind the business that pays you. Just add Mind a the business. It's like how... how how the the coal workers up in the in the hills of Tennessee and Virginia they mine the coals for go mind your business as diligently the business of your artistry Mm -hmm. because you can you can absolutely if this pandemic has taught me nothing it has absolutely taught me that you can turn a profit from your passion Mm -hmm. can be done you just have to figure out how you have to figure out what your brand is in correlation to what you're passionate about and how you can marry the two and pay your bills off of it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not as hard as you would think if you, one, research, and then two, network, and then three, study. Okay. If you do those three things, I promise you, like the the creatives that are coming up now – the privilege that y'all have that we didn't have, hell, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you know? I, I remember being a kid watching other older people, like, try to chase down executives in parking garages, mm-hmm. you know, throwing them mm-hmm. their mixtape, praying they didn't throw it out the window right, three right. lights down the street. <laughs> now, we got apps on our phones. You put two words together with a catchy beat. You get yeah, invited you viral. to the war show. Yeah, you know what facts. I'm saying? And so if you properly research what others are doing in the field that you want to be in or the field that you're passionate about mm-hmm. or the field that you're gifted in, research what are they doing, what is working for them, how can I do that as well mm-hmm. in, my, in my region or in my town or in my zone, and then network. Because ultimately, everybody knows everybody, but nobody knows you. And it is your job to change that. Say that again. Everybody knows everybody, but nobody knows you. And it is mm-hmm. your job to change that. Mm-hmm. And, Jim. and you can do that positively or negatively. Facts. Because at the end of the day, you know, it is very true within the PR world, you know, um, uh, all publicity is good publicity. But again... What is your brand? Right. Right. What is your brand? And how comfortable are you with bending and or compromising? Because all compromise isn't bad. It's relative to what your specific brand is. Mm -hmm. And so once you figure that out, you'll be able to network with the right people to get you there. And by networking, I don't mean... um, Chasing people down, begging for a hookup. Right, right. No. No. <laughs> begging for a hookup. <laughs> no. Yeah. Have a meaningful conversation with the people. I kid you not, 80% of the things that I have been booked for or offered or approached to do, 80% of it has come by word of mouth. In passing, in in, in meetings. Mm-hmm. 
that's also how um for uh, believe it's from repeat um yeah the haiku when your name is in rooms at your feet have never yeah. stepped yeah. foot inside of like yeah. that's a really real thing mm-hmm. I can tell you how many times I've gotten email random emails you know hey I got your information for such and such they said you be you know what I'm saying yeah but that all goes back to you properly building your brand your brand build your brand. Okay. Yeah. That's facts, man. You just you just did a master class. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was for free. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So what what else do you have uh coming up? Anything coming up that you could tell us about? Man, this has been 2022 thus far cuz I'm I'm claiming even even more and even and even greater, As but 2022 has been the best year for me of my entire life creatively and professionally. Beautiful. I man, I got to do so many things. I got to first and foremost, I got to give so many people their flowers that I've wanted to, like a Felicia Rashad, like a Gladys Knight. I literally got to sit at Gladys Knight's feet and listen to this woman. <laughs> like blows Your my life. mind. Real quick story. Imagine walking down A Street, minding your melanin, and all of a sudden you hear somebody singing the theme song to uh, Reading Rainbow, and you look up, and it's literally Tina Fabrique, the the, the first person that sang Free the Reading Rainbow. Rainbow theme song, just standing on A Street. Just singing it. Outside the Atlas Theater where she was there starring in the, in the, in the, in the, in the production. Literally five days later, I don't even think it was five full days later, while I was working, while I was, um, I was uh, one of the coordinators for the uh, Capitol Memorial uh, concert. Mm-hmm. Sitting at the desk, I get an email. Hey, hi, Harvey. Um, I'm such and such. I got your information from so-and-so. I was wondering, are you available to be a stand-in for LeVar Burton for the Scripps National Spelling Bee? Okay. <laughs> like... You know what? You in that state, you in that... You in that sweet spot. Right. And cre- mm-hmm. in any creative that's listening or watching this now, you can be in that sweet spot, too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's as simple as properly positioning yourself. Right. To receive. To receive. Mm-hmm. And so um, thus far this year, I've got to do so many amazing things. I got flown out to uh, Essence to be one of the content creators. Shouts out to Sheree Nicole and Steve Allen. Um they they made that possible, man. I okay. got to meet so many people down there. Got to network with so many people down there. Um, literally coming to you from the studio. I mean, coming to you in this podcast studio, just fresh out of New York. I got to take the Halloween episode of um, and just like that for season two. Like my man, okay. Like and you here with me, hey? I All mean, right. <laughs> and I love being here with you. Um, I uh, this year I got to uh, I got to um, co-star in an independent film that's coming out. Shouts out to Jay Sun. Um, he did his, he got a grant to do his first project a year and a half ago, and um, I was one of the background actors in that, and it okay. went to Cannes. Okay. It went to Cannes Film That's... Festival, and when he reached back out to me again for this project that we did this year, he was like, I really wanted you to be in that one, but I understand scheduling and whatever. I was like, man, everything happens in this perfect That's timing. That's right. That's right. And this was the perfect role for, for mm-hmm. me to play. Um, 
we uh, come next year. That'll be out. I want to say spring of next year. Okay. That will be debuting. I also got to be in. <laughs> I I still pinch myself. I got to be uh one of the um. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going through mentally the NDA. How much I can say. Um, oh, I yeah, got to important. be in. Uh huh. <laughs> an amazing project. Cool. That will be out August 25th of next year, produced by, and this, to my knowledge, this is the first of many uh, major motion picture productions in the production company of their royal highnesses, Barack and Michelle Obama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know what? Don't yeah. say nothing else. We're right. going to be next right. summer. Right. We're going to be right there. Like ne- 2023, the yeah, way yeah. 2022 was set up, 2023 mm-hmm. is going to be really nice. That y'all was just the alley That was just the... Y'all going to see this face <laughs> in a lot of different places. I love um, that. I just uh, wrapped... Um, let me mm. tell you, you can do whatever you put your mind to. Mm-hmm. I literally just wrapped um, an Apple TV movie, short movie film series thing. I don't know how exactly they're going to chop it up. Mm-hmm. Um Called Lady in the Lake. That's based that scary? on no, oh no, no, no. It's actually based on a true story of events that happened in Baltimore um, during the '60s. Okay. Where uh, one within the course of like a week and a half, two women were murdered. Um, a black woman was murdered. Her body was found in the lake in Baltimore. No one cared. Mm-hmm. But then, when the white woman's body got discovered, all of a sudden, yeah. And so okay. a woman decided, you know, I'm gonna. Find out what actually happened to this to this lady in the lake. Oh, and um, I think I yeah yeah I heard about that yeah yeah I, think I heard about that yeah okay yeah I actually um became SAG eligible through that project and the wild thing was the uh the role that got me to be SAG eligible in that project was a photographer. Your hmm. character was a photographer. Mm-hmm. You're just living like you ain't even you acting. See, it's like so many full yeah. circle moments, man. And you de- you deserve everything really that's excited. coming to you, man. You Thank you deserve you. it all for real. Like just just talking to you, like I can. You had like a beautiful spirit. Thank you. I love sitting here, so I can talk to you forever. <laughs> but you know, batteries yeah. might die. Right, completely <laughs> understand. But so we won't. Yeah, I could. I I just really want to thank you for coming thank and you sitting for and talking to me. me. Seriously. Um, before I let you go, mm-hmm. end every episode, we'd like mm-hmm. to end it with a quote, right? So mm-hmm. we let the guests say their favorite quote, um, why it resonates, and who said it. Gotcha. So okay. what's yours? So my favorite quote is, um, let me pull it up so I can make sure I have it word for word. Um, it's, all men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds wake up in the day to find it was vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for they may act their dreams with open eyes to make it possible. Mm-hmm. And that's a quote by T.E. Lawrence. Okay. From Lawrence of Arabia. Um, that, again, going back to my granddad showing me all of these old black and white movies, mm-hmm. that was one of the first movies that introduced me to and that quote ever since I was a kid stuck out to me that I can do anything that I put my mind to whether I always believed it or not it was always the truth Mm -hmm. and that's something that I want to leave in in my legacy for 
future creatives and people, all mankind, to come, like, whatever you put your mind to, like, all of this work that I'm doing now is not for me. It's to help pave the way for others to come so that they don't have to uh, struggle as, as, as I did coming mm-hmm. up, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So that your dream can be even bigger and, and less hassle-free, you know? That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Okay, man. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I want to think. Let me clap it up for Thank Harvey, you. man. Sir Harvey Fitz. <laughs> Dope individual. Make sure y'all get a copy of the book. Thank Make you. sure you stream it. Apple Music title is everywhere. Um, go ahead and let them know your social so they can follow you. Again, that's everywhere that there is social media. Type in Sir Harvey Fitz. That's a quick crash course for some of you creators. Make it as easy <laughs> as possible to find you. Facts. Keep it the same everywhere. Sir Harvey Fitz. Type it in. It'll come up. All right, man. So thank you again. Everybody that's watching and listening, thank y'all for tuning in. And we'll be back next time. Love.